right, well, there we go. Got some power coming in. Everybody finding their way back to their seat. It's good to see everybody. How's everybody this morning? Good, good. Great to see everyone. Welcome officially to New Life Church. Uh, let me invite you to open up the, your Bibles with me this morning. We're going to look in uh, two main places today. First uh, Corinthians chapter 1. So open to First Corinthians chapter 1 and then also Luke chapter 9. 1 Corinthians 1 and then Luke chapter 9. Last week, uh, we, did a, we did a message on uh, marriage and relationships, uh, primarily on the topic of having healthy expectations. And uh, so um, whether, wherever you are in the, in the married scene or unmarried scene, relational scene, we all have relationships of some kind. And it was a message that really gears, it was primarily marriage, but it also helped uh, bring some light uh, and some focus to relationships in general, particularly when it comes to our expectations of other people. And so I encourage you to go back to our website, newlifechurchofjackson.org. You can pull that up under sermons if you happen to miss that. Uh, it, and uh, you, can, you can pull that up and listen to it. Today, uh, I want to, uh, want to talk to you about being a, uh, one of, it's really one of our core values as a church, uh, uh, being discipleship driven in, uh, in your life, the discipleship driven. And we like to say it this way uh, here at, in, at New Life Church, that we value being true followers of Jesus, that we are people of the word, of prayer, of community, relationship, and communion with the Lord. We aren't a perfect people, but we are a people following a perfect God. Amen. Even in our faults, even in our missteps, our mishaps, God still pursues us and calls us forward and calls us upward with him. And, um, and so in, in talking about that, today I want to talk to you about being fit to follow, being fit to follow. And let's look at this text here by the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 26. He says, remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose the world, excuse me, instead God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they're wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. Verse 30, God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy. And he freed us from sin. And therefore, as the scriptures say, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. Now flip over to... Luke 9, verse 57. It says, as they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. But Jesus replied, foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests. But the Son of Man has no place even to lay his head. And he said to another person, come, follow me. The man agreed, but he said to the Lord, First, let me return home and bury my father. And Jesus told him, 
let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. Another said, yes, Lord, I will follow you, but first let me say goodbye to my family. But Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Father, we give you glory and we give you honor and praise this morning. Thank you for allowing us to come together as a church family come to celebrate the life we have with you, but also, Lord, to be reminded that without you, we're nothing, that you are everything and, and that we need you. And as we open your word today, I pray that you will shine light on it and open our hearts and our minds to see it and understand it and receive what it is you're trying to say to us. Lord, give us all a word for our hearts today. Give us all a word for our life today. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Speak to us today, God, and let us hear it. And I ask that you would help me to preach this word and deliver it in the way it needs to come forth. That would bring you glory and help our lives connect with you in a greater way. We love you, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Everybody agrees with that, can say amen. Amen. Awesome worship this morning. Thank you, Jonathan, for being here with us. From Yeah, praise God for that. All the way from Bloomington, Indiana. Uh, so, uh, Hoosier. So, uh, anyway, thank you for being with us. We'll be back up in a little bit to help close out the service. Uh, we got an hour and a half planned of worship at the end, so you guys stick around for that. <laughs> a few of you like that, so... <laughs> um, we might be just doing worship at a restaurant or something, so that'd be cool. But um, it's good to have my friend, my brother in Christ, comrade in the Lord, uh, Hershey, Pastor Hershey Schaffner from Dyersburg. He's got his family with him today. Thank you for being with us. It's good to see you, all of you. Good to have you guys here. Um, how many of you know and have struggled in your walk with the Lord? You've had, you've had ups and downs, didn't you guys? A few of us? rest of you, we'll try to get with you soon, see what you're doing, uh, what, how you're maintaining. Talking about being fit to follow the Lord, you know, I love this part here in, in 1 Corinthians, Paul just lays it out there and, and just, just describes how God takes what the world would consider a nothing, a nobody, a has-been, uh, a no-name, uh, someone who, who doesn't seem to have anything to offer anybody. And how God will take that person and use them for his glory. In other words, God calls and then God changes. And when God changes, then God has created us to live and to walk in his purpose that he has for our life. Every single one of us has a purpose that God has created us for and he's ordained us for. And doesn't mean that that walk won't be hard. Doesn't mean we won't go through some treacherous uh, terrain. Uh, or any ups or downs or any pitfalls, but what it does mean that when God calls us and we accept it, and He give, then He creates, then He brings change to our life. He changes us and gives us grace to empower us to walk out the life that He has for us, His purpose. Then He's with us every step of the way. As one of the songs we sang earlier, "The King of My Heart," love that song. Beautiful song, way that I love the way it's written and and, and the words that describe 
uh, that, that God will be the anchor that in, our, in our life. God will be the wind in our sails and, and, and all those things that God will be the source in, in every part of our life for everything that you and I will ever face or ever go through because God knows the end from the beginning, right? The Bible describes him as Alpha and Omega, beginning and end. So anything that's a surprise to us is not a surprise to God. And so which means that when God calls us, we say yes, God changes us and empowers us to follow him and, to, and God has created us for a purpose, then you and I then have a responsibility. That responsibility is to even be more dependent on him than we ever have been before. And in so doing that, God, God never leaves us and God never forsakes us. Thank him for that. Amen. Thank him for that. Think about the worst thing you've ever faced and think about the best thing you've ever faced that Jesus is there celebrating with you. And then even in, on your knees and your tears are screaming and your heart is hurting, Jesus is there with you then. That's, that's reality. That's reality that he is there. But what he wants us to see and what Jesus in, in Luke here in this, in this little story, this contact here, it says as they were walking along, it shows and describes that this, that, um, this, this whole chapter actually in chapter 9, it opened up with Jesus said he called out his 12 disciples together and empowered them for the work of the ministry and to do the things he called them to do, their purpose. He said Jesus knows who his disciples are. He knows who his followers are. He knows who his people are, right? He knows. He knows you by name. He knows where you are in the struggle. He knows where you are in the journey. He knows you by name. He says as they were walking along, he knows us. And then he, then he comes in contact and this guy says hey i want to i will follow you i will follow you and he says look man foxes have some places to live birds have their nests but i don't really have a place to lay down at night where i'm headed where i'm going what i'm doing he said sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable and it's not going to always be convenient we don't like that part do we no i hate that part i like comfort i like convenience right yeah, that's just our, our nature. We just like it our way, right? But God knows, again, if God really knows what's best for us, sometimes it's not always going to be comfortable. Sometimes it's not always going to be convenient. Um, and some, so sometimes God allows some discomfort and some inconvenience to happen in our life because you and I, we have a bad habit of getting stuck. We have a bad habit of getting stuck because we like to stick close to comfort and we like to gravitate towards convenience. And because we do that, we don't like things to get messed up. We don't like change to happen. But sometimes God allows change to happen, discomfort and inconvenience to come our way because he's testing us to see what's in our heart. And then he's also going to help move us along because where we are is not where we need to stay. Right? And then so we have to, he, he does that to help move us, prod us, and make us move along you know just you know just the way just the simple matter of us meeting in this cafeteria as opposed to a huge spacious gym for for several weeks you know it was a little discomforting to have to pick up and reroute and redo everything um but actually it's a little bit of a blessing in disguise you know a little bit of a blessing in disguise it forces us to come closer together it allows me to see who's sleeping and not sleeping So go back to sleep, Scott, in Jesus' name. But then, but then he carries this conversation on, and, and he tells, tells this other guy, hey, I will, you follow me. And he has this thing. He says, hey, let me go back, bury my dead body. Jesus said, let the spiritually dead bury the dead. You, your duty, your thing, your calling, your purpose, go preach the gospel. 
In other words, move on. You've got to move forward. You've got to come on with Jesus. And another guy said, hey, I'll do it. I'll, I'll, I've agreed to follow you, but let me go back. Just tidy up some things at home and, and say sorry and to everybody at home. Say goodbye to everybody back at the homestead. And Jesus then says, look, anyone who has put their hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. You see, oftentimes, those of us who want to move forward with God but frequently look back and look for easy routes makes us unfit to follow because we're not looking on where we need to be looking. Our heart is back here. Our thoughts are back here. Our desires are back there. They're not ahead where Jesus is. And so he said, if anyone who puts their hand to the plow but looks back and looking for easy ways out, they're not fit for the kingdom of God. They're not fit to follow. And Jesus was not saying, look, you can't do it, or you're too, you're too awful at what you're doing. There's no way you could possibly do it. You suck at life. You just There's just no hope for you. He's not getting at that. He's getting to what Paul's revelation was in 1 Corinthians, that God takes the weak and makes them strong. God calls the weak, create, changes them to be strong, creates a purpose for the weak who is now strong to now follow him and his purpose. And that's what Jesus was getting at. Look, you can do this. I believe in you, and I want you to follow me, but you've got to make some changes here. Because if you really want to go my route and go my way, which is way better than anything you could ever do for yourself, he said, then you've got to be willing, you've got to be fit to follow. So you're, un, you're not fit for the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? Real quick, the kingdom of God is in its generic, simplest state, is God's leadership in our life. You lead, I follow. He leads, I follow. Simple, just break it down, just real simple. There's obviously a little more meaning and depth to that, but just in its simplest form, God's, God's kingdom is God's leadership in my life. He will lead me, and I will follow him. Amen? So, but then what is God's kingdom like? What is his leadership like? I'm glad you asked that question. I saw bubbles popping up. And here's a great look at this. It'll be on the screen, Matthew 13. There's these three little parables, the parable of the mustard seed, the parable of the yeast, and the parable of the treasure and the merchant. That These are just three out of several parables that Jesus describes what the kingdom of God is like. And, and just quickly look at these. What, the, what is the kingdom of God like? Verse 31 of 13 says, The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants. It grows into a tree, and birds come and make nests in its branches. So the kingdom of God, what is it like? It's like a mustard seed. What's a mustard seed like? Well, it starts small, but it becomes big. God's leadership starts small, but it becomes big in our life. Uh, if we give God time and give God some space, then the kingdom of God grows. The mustard seed plant, it grew into a large tree. If we give God time and give God space to work in our life, his kingdom will grow and become great in our life. Therefore, what is God's kingdom like? It's strong and it's supportive. God's leadership in our life is strong and it's supportive. It holds my life up. It holds my life together. That wherever I'm weak, he is strong. So when you and I are ever facing self-doubt, know that God, God 
confidence in us is there to come through because he will be strong. He is always that way. His leadership in our life is always strong and it's always supportive. So what is the kingdom of heaven like? What is the kingdom of God like? Strong, supportive. What what else is it like? Verse 33, it says, he also said this parable. He said the kingdom of heaven is like the yeast a woman used in making bread, even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour. It permeated every part of the dough. What is the kingdom of God like? It's like this yeast. What is the yeast like? Well, a, a, a little becomes much. A little grows into much. Then if we give God permission to work in our life, to move in our life, then what happens? His kingdom, like the yeast, permeates and touches every part of our life. It'll work its way through, like the yeast works its way through the dough. God's kingdom works its way into our life. So what is God's kingdom like? It spreads and it shapes. Not only is it strong and supportive, but his kingdom, his leadership also spreads in my life and it shapes me, it frames me and it molds me and it, and it makes me where, where I don't know how I need to be, where I don't know how I'm supposed to go through whatever part of life I need to go through, how I'm supposed to deal with this, how I'm supposed to react to this, how I'm supposed to handle this, how I'm supposed to live and conduct my life that would honor God. His kingdom shows me, his leadership shows me if I give him permission to move around in my heart and to move around in my life, then God's going to touch some stuff. He's going to deal with some stuff. Come on. He's going he's to put his hand on some things, not to harm us or hold us back, but to bring change and to pull us up. That's what his leadership does. So it's strong, it's supportive, it spreads, and it shapes. Verse 44, the kingdom of God is also like this. It's like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again. He sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for the choice pearl. And when he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and he bought it. What is the kingdom of God like? What is his leadership really like in my life? Well, it's like the merchant and the treasure. He, they sold everything in order to get it. The kingdom of God is worth sacrificing for. It's worth giving up ownership of our life and letting God plant himself in our life and cause us to act and lead the way and do what it is he does in, in every human life today. So what is it like? It's worth everything. The kingdom of God, God's leadership for us is worth everything. Because it's worth everything, then I must be fit to follow. I must be fit to follow him. If it's strong and supportive, if it spreads and it shapes and it's worth sacrificing for, then I need to be fit to follow him. I need to know how to do this. And that's where I want to zero in on right now with the last few remaining minutes is talk about being fit to follow. Broken the word fit down into an acronym, F-I-T, not P-H-I-T, F-I-T. Wasn't clever enough to come up with it other way. But actually, these three parables the parable of the mustard seed, the parable of the yeast, and the parable of the treasure, the merchant actually show us what the word fit means. First of all, if we're going to be fit to follow, here's the thing. we got to be free, F, free from our past. Free from our past. Because all our, our past 
in our past, it has caused hurt. Our past has chronic habits. And our past, we have created hang-ups. We have hurt from our past. Maybe just yesterday. That's part of the past. Maybe this morning, last week, maybe last month or years and years ago. We all have We all have created uh, these and caused these 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 uh, hangups and these bad habits that you and I have. We developed habits over our past, and not all of our habits are healthy. Not all of our habits are good, and certainly not all of our hangups are right because they're hanging up. We're getting hung up on. We're getting hung up over these things, and it's causing us to trip and stumble and continuously be a repetitive cycle and pattern in our life that's not a good and glorifying thing that honors and glorifies Jesus. Right? You follow me? Fit to follow. We've got to be free from our past. In other words, Jesus is, he's told these guys here in, in Luke chapter 9, you want to follow me, don't, don't, don't hang on to excuses and don't look for loopholes. But what do we like to do, man, as people? We like to hang on to excuses and we like to look for loopholes because we don't want to, want to go through any kind of a process of change or transition because in our minds it takes too long, Right? In our minds, too much is going to be expected of us. In our minds, man, I'm going to really have to humble myself, right? Yeah, there you go. I support you. Yes. And so the parable of the mustard seed, the birds of the air found freedom in the tree of the kingdom. He said the birds of the air nested in the tree of the kingdom. As it grew, the mustard seed grew and became a strong tree. So the birds of the air nested there. They found freedom there. I came across some freedom from stats. Listen, listen to these. What do you What do you need freedom from? Millions look to the internet for answers onto their deepest hurt. Google sees more than four million queries in search of hope every day. People just typing in. More than 22 million Americans, 12 and older, abuse or are addicted to drugs and alcohol. 22 million Americans. Around 21 million Americans struggle with depression, and 39,000 of them commit suicide each year. It's an estimated 40 million people in the United States feel crippled by fear. That's just a few stats that up a large portion of our of our society in America in this free world that we live in in the United States we're we're crippled we have hangups we have hurts we have habits and they all stem from the past and you and I if we're going to be fit to follow Jesus fit to follow God's leading in our life he he says look you can be free from your past. Your past does not have to define you. Your past does not have to dictate what it is you're going to do and how you're going to live your life. But the world sure likes to do that, and even the devil likes to do that, and we do that to ourselves oftentimes. We determine what our future is going to be based on what our past has been. 
And we don't give God enough credit, nor give God enough room, nor give God enough permission to ever work anything out and to, and to flex his muscles of power to demonstrate his arm is not too short, his hand is not too weak, and his ear is not too deaf to come in and cause things to take place in our life. That if we give God room, give him permission, and give him time to work some stuff out in us, he will do it because he has called us, he has changing us, and he's created us for a purpose. He'll take the little and cause them to be big. He'll take the weak and cause them to be strong. He'll take the illiterate and cause them to be wise in this world. He'll take the down and out and cause them to rise up and change this world. Friend, that's you, that's me, that's all of us because all of us are less than God who is greater than all. But he likes to take a life that's broken, heal it, give it a story and a testimony, and give it a platform and give it a people, and give it a voice, and use that life to bring him glory and to create something They're like, they're like the ball and chain. They're like shackles. They are, it is heavy and it is hard and it is, it is dark. Our past, man, has got a lot of stuff in it. But Jesus promises freedom from the past. Freedom from the past. When you and I put our faith and our trust and our hope and we open our heart up and we open our life up to Jesus, here's what happens. He frees us from our past. There's not a pain too deep. There's not a person too disappointing. There's not a problem too challenging that Jesus can't free you from. Is it easy to go through the process sometimes? Absolutely not. Sometimes it sucks to go through the process, right? Stinks to go through process. But if you ever want to get promise, if you ever want to walk in the promise part of what God has, you got to go through the process and you got to let Jesus rip out the old. You got to let him touch that, that most sensitive part of your life and man, and he'll, he'll take his, his incision and he'll take his hands and he's so precise at how he'll go in and he'll bring out the bad. And he'll cut out the, the rotten part, the hurt part, and he'll take it out and he'll bring healing. He'll bring wholeness. The, the bitter waters will no longer be bitter, they'll be fresh. You'll taste and see how good the Lord is. Freedom. From our past. If we're going to be free to follow. Fit to follow. And here's the next thing. We need to be involved. In the work of the kingdom. See the first part freedom. That's Jesus. His work. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Involved is our decision. To do something to sign up for this great cause, the work of the kingdom. We need to be involved in the work of the kingdom as fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. You see, the very next chapter, chapter 10, Luke chapter 10, it opens up verse 1, and it said, Jesus sent out 72 other disciples in pairs, sent them out together for the work of the ministry, for their purpose. And in this, these little these parables, the parable of the yeast, the yeast was worked into the dough, was worked into the dough. The lady's hand was working the yeast into the dough. It was, it was subtle, it was gradual, but at the same time, it 
it was thorough to bring about change. Never underestimate God's hand of working in your life. Because sometimes it's counterfeit. Sometimes it's the, no, don't touch there. No, 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 I'm good. Don't go, don't hit that, don't hit that. That's a nerve, don't do this. And God, I know, I know, but you trust me. I've got to pop that. I've got to touch that. I've got to, I've got to get it and work his leadership into our lives. I did not. You could have told me everything else, but you had to tell me that one thing. You had to have that preacher tell me that. You had to have that brother come and talk to me about that. Or you had to have my spouse get all up in my grill and tell me how much that is not good. No, no, right? Thank God for fellow believers. Pastor Lindsay pointed out earlier that we need each other. I love how God just sets up stuff in a service like this, one piece to another piece to another part, and it all just flows together. I think God's trying to get us get, get us something, trying to tell us something. Yeah, we need each other. And if you and I are going to be fit to follow God and his leadership and what he has for us and live our purpose for him, then you and I have to be involved in the work of the kingdom together. And I know this, this sounds like so simple. Sometimes some of the most simplest things to do are the hardest things to actually follow through on. Sometimes most, some of the most simplest things to actually do are some of the hardest things to actually follow through on and create a discipline and a pattern for. Because why? Our mind says that's just simple. That's just easy. Why, why do I... Why, why, why do I need to make my bed? Right? Why do I need to make my bed? Because if you can't do the small things, you'll never grow up to be able to do the big things. Right? So I'm not going to ask for a show of hands who makes their bed, who doesn't make their bed. <laughs> but some of the parents are looking at their kids like, see, I told you so. You, you better be making that bed tomorrow morning. Sorry, guys. Sorry. That was probably one of the first levels of responsibility my parents taught me is make your bed. I don't know how to make your bed, especially that part that stretches and it's hard to get over that corner. Oh, I hate that. Fitted sheets. Who invented a fitted sheet? Somebody was probably fit to follow. Why I got to make my bed? Because if you learn to make your bed, it's a small thing, it's a little thing, you'll grow up to be able to handle the big things in life. You want to change the world? Learn how to do the small things. Amen. I got one hand clap from a parent back there. Right? We discount the simple things. Why? Because we just think, man, give me the big steak and the potatoes. I don't need the little bitty stuff, right? I don't need the bigger revelations. I need those heavy revies. Shoot. We still had memorized the shortest scripture in the Bible. Jesus wept. Right? But we want the big stuff. You want the big stuff? Learn how to deal with the small stuff. Be faithful in the little. And that's what relationship teaches us. We're created for it, but yet we run from it all the time. Because we don't like nobody getting up in our space. Right? We think we got it figured out. We think we got the angle on life, that we corner the market on how to do everything. 
And so we close certain things off and certain people off. But really, if you and I are going to be fit to follow, we have to be involved in the work of the kingdom together. Thank God for true friends. True, true friends in the kingdom. Don't ever stop appreciating friends, good friends that God has put in your life. Because you're going to always need them. You're going to always need them. Now, it might get rocky at times between friendships. That's, that's okay. That's all good. But never stop appreciating. We are called to be involved together. If you and I are going to finish and we're going to fulfill, we're going to accomplish what God has, and we have to be involved in the work of the kingdom together. Because here's the thing. When we are involved together in the work of the kingdom, we will less likely fall away from the kingdom. When we are working and involved together in the work of the kingdom, you and I, we will less likely fall away from the kingdom because it sure is hard to fall away from the kingdom when you're in it with somebody else because they're going to know where you've been, where you at, what's going on, right? It's going to be real easy to, 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 to know that. So when you're together, working, involved together in the kingdom, business of life, you're less likely to fall away from it. You see, because when we are working together in the kingdom, the kingdom is working in us. When we're working together in the kingdom, the kingdom is working in us. God is working in us. His leadership is working in us. His providence is working in us. His plan is working in us. But, 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 but you don't know when I open my life up to those people, what they did to me, how they said certain things, how they treated me. No. God has a new set of friends that you're going to feel warm. You're going to feel embraced. You're going to feel accepted. You're going you're gonna to feel welcome. But yeah, I know, but man, I sure got a humdinger of a mark from that last, that last trip from those people. Yeah. It doesn't mean that all people are bad or all church people are wrong, right? We, got, we have to trust Jesus that he'll put us in the right group of people that we need to be in. Because, again, we all have something in our past that we need help on. And God... That, 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 that's, that's difficult. That is difficult at times. But let's not disconnect from working together in the kingdom because if we're going to be fit to follow, we've got to be involved. Lastly, true friends. You guys with me so far? Okay. If we're going to be fit to follow, we've got to be free from our past, involved in the work of the kingdom together. I hope I'm not just preaching some little... Nice little sermonette. I hope this is getting into some hearts today. Because it sure is, has gotten into my heart. Let me see. Fit to follow. I need to 
be able to transfer my faith to other people. I need to be able to transfer my faith to other people. The parable of the merchant and the treasure, they transferred their wealth in order to own and buy the field and the treasure. They transferred their what they had and they bought what was of most value, the kingdom of God. They transferred that. The way you and I, we make sure that the fire doesn't go out in us is that we light up as many people as we can for God. If we have that torch of the Holy Spirit bright and burning hot inside of us, the way you and I, one of the ways we can keep that from burning out is to light somebody else up to love Jesus as well. See, when you and you and I, we share, when we share our story, when we share our, 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 our testimony, we share life with some other people, and we get to, it, it, could be a, it could be a stranger, it could be the person at the cash register, it, it could be the host, it could be the, the waitress or waiter, it could be a neighbor, it could be a co-worker, it could be a family member, whomever God puts in our path, we can light their life up with Jesus. That doesn't mean you take it and you cram it down their throat like a, you know, just like you just put like a fist upside the head. You don't just knock them upside the head. No, you love them, but you're honest with them, and you just figure out, oh, really, you? You had that issue? Me too. Oh, you, you, you mean you, got, you get angry and you get short-fused? Guess what? Me too. Let me tell you what Jesus has done for me. Right? Oh, oh, wait, wait. You, you, you got caught up in that too? You eat a whole bag of Doritos at midnight as well and nobody's around? Me too. I got the same problem you got. But let me just tell you how the Lord's helping me overcome eating a whole bag. Now I'm just down to the half bag. Right? See, there's, some, there's people in, in our past that we're called to sh- transfer our faith to. And I know we haven't gotten it perfect throughout the ages of transferring this faith of the gospel in Jesus Christ to everybody. Because we've made a lot of mistakes. The church has, and the church has got a bad name, reputation at different times. But we aren't the perfect ones. God is. And we're trying to follow him. You will fall. You will make mistakes. You will get it wrong. But that doesn't change the fact that we're called to transfer our faith to other people. See, we are called by God to infect people with the fire of God. We are called by God to infect people with the virus of passion for Jesus Christ. We are called by God to perpetuate the fire, affect people with the love of God, and to empty out hell. You and I, we're called to do that kind of stuff. That's what Jesus was getting his disciples prepped for and ready for. And he called the 12 to himself and he empowered them to go preach the good news and to heal all the sick people. And then when he sent the 72 out together, they were involved in the thing together. So he sent them out to preach the good news and to heal all the sick people. In other words, transfer the faith that you have into other people. Get up with them, walk with them, talk with them. Let them know there is a better way. There's a greater story that God has for their life. Transfer that faith to them. See, you and I are called to do that. We're called to light up people with Jesus. We're called to be that 
that, that fire starter in, in for somebody else. And some of you are here today thinking, man, I just need my fire started. Because my fire has gone out. My fire is not bright enough. God wants to reignite our passion. He wants to reignite a burning when we're really allowing and focused on the flame of God burning in us to Jesus, it really doesn't matter what kind of the stuff we go through because we know all that stuff is temporary. It doesn't discount that it's not real, or that it's not heavy, that it doesn't hurt, that it's not crushing us. All that happens. So if we allow those things to be magnified and become bigger, what it does, it casts a shadow over God's fire in our heart. So God said, look, you, you're fit, man. You're fit to follow. I called you. I didn't make a mistake when I called you. I didn't, I didn't make a mistake when I created you. I didn't make a mistake when I put that passion in your life and your heart to serve me in the manner in which you're doing it. No, I didn't make a mistake when I, when I did that for you. I didn't make a mistake when I ordained you. I didn't make a mistake when I gave you a platform. I didn't make a mistake when I, when I put you in the middle of a group. I didn't make a mistake when I allowed you to go to school and get a job. I didn't make a mistake when I hired you in this certain place. You thought they hired you. No, I hired you. you didn't, I didn't make a mistake when I brought you back when your heart was lonely and you were hurting and you were running. And No, I, I'm the one who called, you, uh, called out to you. I'm the one who brought you back. I'm the one who healed that. Yeah, so God said, I didn't make a mistake when I called you. And I'm sure not making a mistake now that I'm leading you because I know where I'm going. I know what to do. I know what's around the corner. I know what's over the hill and I know what's in the dark places. But you need to trust me and you need to hang on because you can't hold on to the plow and look back because you won't be fit to go on. You've got to be fit, free from your past. You've got to be involved with these people I put in your life. Quit pushing them away. Quit ducking and hiding when you see so-and-so. Quit saying, oh, next year I'll put my name down to serve. Next year I'll go to a Bible study. Next year I'll do something. Because no, you won't. Next year will come and you'll say, well, I ain't quite ready yet. Maybe next year. And then you'll get down to the end of your life and look back and think, man, what happened? As difficult as relationships are sometimes, they're even more rewarding. They're even more rewarding. And God is so good. Amen? Boom. God saved me. God changes me. God created me for a purpose. And I get to transfer that faith to somebody else. That he gives me that opportunity to share my story, to share my struggle, and then to share how Jesus triumphed and rose up in victory in my life. But then I get to I get to tell somebody else that look, it was bad. You think it's bad for you? I know it's bad for you. But listen, this is how it was bad for me. But look how God has come through for me. Look how He has done a lot of things in my life. Look how He man, He saved me. 
I, I, I did some bad stuff. I, I made some bad calls. I made some bad choices. I got set up with the wrong things. But look, he delivered me. And now listen, some of you are in this room thinking that all the, with all the past you have and all the mistakes you have and all the problems that you face, that there ain't no way that God can make your, your, your future better. But I want to tell you this, your future is better. Your future is better. That if you will allow God to truly free you, he will get involved with the right people. God will help give you the power to transfer your story and your faith to somebody else. Because listen, he wants to use every single, man, he wants, if I could just hit everybody's head right now and fire come up, I would do that because I believe that. See, I sat for too long with this thing. Now I get to walk around, so give me just a minute. Are you guys okay? John, can you help me out? Can you help a brother out on the keyboard? I'm not going to sing because I don't want you to leave. He sings, I preach, Lindsay prays, Prentice prophesies, Hershey closes us out. And man, what a great day. <laughs> but if you and I could see what God sees, could see what God sees. You think your limitation is the definition of your future. God takes that limitation, bends it, opens it up, lets you move on, and he redefines what he has for you. Who we put our hope in? Who we put our trust in? Who do we put our confidence in? What do we put our faith in? There's really only one place to put it. The kingdom of God. And yeah, I get it. Not, not, not near one of us. Not one of us feels fit to really follow what God has for us. Because you and I are so aware of our frailties, so aware of our insecurities, so aware of our, of our stuff, that we let that determine what we will or we won't do, what we can or can't do for God. And it's real, I get it, it's real, it really exists. But you know what is stronger? what can shape you and reshape you and mold you? God's kingdom. You know what's worth sacrificing for? God's kingdom. But if we could just see what God sees, we realize you really do take the small and do big things. God, you, you really do take the simple and do awesome stuff with. Oh my God, you really do. You can take a mess and make a miracle out of it. 
What do you need right now, God? You can take this broken one. You really can take this broken one. God is calling every single one of you. He's calling every single one of us. But we don't always respond to Him. But today, God wants to get across to us today. He calls you because He loves you. And because He loves you, He's created a purpose for your life. It's not always always going to be dark going to be lonely it's not always every day going to be difficult no because God allows the sun to shine God allows the morning to be turned into dancing God allows the weeping to turn into joy there's a season that ends and there's a season that begins and some of you you're on the brink of a new season that some of, some of you feel like there's parts of you dying God said, look, don't, don't worry because that must be in order for a new thing to begin. You've got to trust me. You don't have to know all the answers. You don't have to, you don't have to know all the, 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 the code to it. You let me work it out. You let me connect it. Let me stand. I'd like for this song to be like the kind of the anthem of our ending this this day then we'll close out but let's let's put our heart into it let's put our heart into this right here and let this be an anthem in our life of what God is wanting to pull us up from and send us towards none of us are down and out none of us are out to the count let me tell you that nobody has gotten KO'd fashion and form you that he can use my heart is weak and my soul is weak when it seems I can't traverse the trail before me I survey the glory of your agony and I find the will to fight for what's before me cause you ran the race enduring for your glory I'd fix my of our faith and I fix my eyes on you 
this resonates with you today would you just lift your hands and i'm just acknowledging hey god see me down here see me right here where i'm at let me pray for you father today where we're at right in the middle right in the thick of life right here where we are and we're standing and we're saying god we choose no matter what it is we're facing no matter what it is that we have has been chasing us down from our past and things we've allowed to keep us from truly engaging in the purpose you have for us to really follow you right now we say God be bigger than all that be bigger than all that because you are but from my lips to your ears God be bigger than all that be bigger than the pain be bigger from the hurt be bigger than the letdown be bigger than the disappointment. 
God, be bigger than the confusion. Be bigger, oh God, than the surprises. Be bigger than all that. Be bigger than our sin. Because you are from our mouth to your ears, from us to you, God. Hear us today. And help us, oh Lord, to truly trust you. And God, we don't want to be the kind of people to put our hand to the plow and look back. Whatever it is, help us, oh God, to look ahead. To keep our eyes on you, Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before you, you endured the cross, despising its shame, and now there is a crown of glory waiting. If we will follow your example, keeping our eyes on you, we'll get there and we'll make it victoriously. So I pray now, Holy Spirit, sweep across this room, sweep across every heart, sweep across every life, and be a fresh wind in our sails today. Help us, O oh Lord, to truly be the believers that are fit to follow you in Jesus.